You're listening to the Big and Tall Sports Show, your one stop for passion. Hang on, but hang on, hang on. Tell me Aaron Rodgers with Bill Belichick as his coach doesn't win the Super Bowl every year. Tell me that Peyton Manning with Bill Belichick as his coach doesn't win the Super Bowl every year. Special guest? 2016 Grey Cup champion, most outstanding Canadian in the Grey Cup, and 2015 most outstanding Canadian. Brad Sinopoli. Brad, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? Dave Randorf. Dave, how are you today? I'm great, boys. And yes, I am calling in from the state of hockey, Minnesota. Great hockey state here. And a whole lot of laughs. In curling, they have it live on the broadcast. You can hear what they're talking about and hear their strategy. And he's dropping these F-bombs after the shots. That's amazing. Unbelievable. That's but, amazing. We're ending on that. Yeah, That's we're, amazing. <laughs> shout so out John Moore. Everyone go watch curling. Yeah, everyone <laughs> want to watch guys. You want to watch okay, good old Canadian boys drop some F-bombs. All right, we're going to end it on that. I love it. Now here are your hosts, Pete Apostolopoulos and Alec Reed. Yes, closer to the What is going on, everybody? The Big and Tall Sports Show. We are live on a Tuesday, a uh, little late, but uh, unforeseen circumstances. As um, unfortunately, still being students, I got to make some money, so I had to work tonight and uh, got off work uh, about uh, 20 minutes ago. So we're here, we're doing a show, and uh, he couldn't ask for anything better. Joined as always by Pete Apostolopoulos. Pete, what's going on? Oaza. Oaza. How you doing, Paul? I'm good, man. Good. A little busy. A little busy, but we're good. Um, nope. Episode number 14, as always, the Dave Reed episode. Dave Reed, the greatest number 14 uh, of all time. At me if you have a problem with that. So, Pete, any thoughts on that? Uh, I'd like your dad more than I like you, so. All right. Fair enough. Uh, let's move swiftly on, then. Um, a lot of big things happening this week, uh, especially this weekend. Uh, NFL free agency, the whatever opening discussions, non-tampering period started yesterday, and well, two more signings just happened. What's up? Two more signings just happened. Two more, yeah, signings that uh, you know, quote unquote quote signings, unquote, quote unquote, because it doesn't go doesn't go official until tomorrow. Um, but Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport all over it um, today and and yesterday and. Uh, Selection Sunday for the NCAA bracket was Sunday. The Briar wrapped up uh, on Sunday as well. So a lot of big things happening this weekend. Pete, uh, I'll let you start. Where do you want to tee it off today? Um, so I just spent an hour and 25 minutes talking about college basketball, and I know we're going to have to talk about it a little bit now. Um, but I would kind of enjoy a little break if that was possible. Um I wanted to go the NFL route first, just because I have a couple of uh, a couple of interesting takes, uh, interesting ideas, and thoughts about what happened today. Obviously, a lot of movement went on. Um, a lot of things that, frankly, I don't think a lot of people expected happening, especially with the quarterbacks. Um, but uh, with everything going on in basketball. The NFL trying to steal that spotlight back like they always seem to find a way to do. 
Um, let's tee it off with Kirk Cousins, your boy, who Denver whiffed, uh, the Vikings. But more importantly, Kirk Cousins, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and I, I don't mean to pat myself on the back here, Al, but I did, uh, I did have this one in my back pocket. Yeah. Signing the first ever fully guaranteed contract in NFL history. So congratulations to Kirk Cousins. The team already went to an NFC championship game last year. And now they just got a whole lot better with a, you know, no disrespect to your guy now, Case Keenum. But My guy. Kirk Cousins playing in that Minnesota team. He's a guy that bet on himself, continued to play under the franchise tag. And I'm not the biggest I'm not going to stand here and pretend I'm the biggest Kirk Cousins fan, but I very much commend how he did bet on himself. We've talked about it on this show before, and this is a really, really nice move by a good team uh, in the Minnesota Vikings. So let's start off there. Uh, how does it feel to miss out on Kirk Cousins? Because I know that you love the fact that he signed a fully guaranteed contract, but it's got to sting a little bit, doesn't it, bud? Oh, it's huge. And um, for those of you who have listened, I haven't openly ever said it, but for anyone who's heard me talk about Kirk Cousins, you would probably get the idea. I am a huge Kirk Cousins fan. Uh, I have said it time and time again on this show that I think Kirk Cousins is a top 10 quarterback in the league. And yeah, we both agree on that. And I think Kirk Cousins is a franchise quarterback. And uh, obviously the Redskins didn't see it like that. But if you took Kirk Cousins off of that roster, they were not a good team at all. Uh, you know, they were hardly a good team with him on it, and he was doing everything he could through for over 4,000 yards in back-to-back seasons with, you know, nobody. I mean, Jordan Reed's a, a decent tight end, but come on, like, they had nobody around him. So, um, and I mentioned on this show on Thursday when the uh, Broncos, my Broncos, traded Aqib Tlaib to the Rams that this was going to open up the cap space to sign Kirk Cousins. And... When you look at it now, the announcement about Case Keenum came out before the Kirk Cousins announcement. So to me, that makes it seem like the Broncos weren't in the running. And they were in the running for a bit. They sort of made their moves. They talked with Cousins. And as soon as they were out of the running, they realized that and went, okay, we got to get we got to get Case Keenum. And I commend John Elway for that. Um, but at the same time, it's like... I'm not, you know, I, I'm I'm not ecstatic about getting Case Keenum. I'm happy with Case Keenum, and I think that this, you know, as a Broncos fan, you now have to draft a quarterback at that number five pick, or you got to trade down and hope that you can get Baker Mayfield or uh, Lamar Jackson. But you need a you need a franchise quarterback, and Case Keenum, I think, is good, but he's not going to be that that franchise guy. Um, Pete, I sort of want to rewind though, because I don't think we've ever actually sort of realized this uh, and I didn't really realize it until about you know an hour ago um how have we ever seen a domino effect like this where we think about when this all started this entire thing started when Alex Smith got traded when the Kansas City Chiefs realized that Patrick Mahomes was their guy and they traded Alex Smith to the Redskins because None of this would have happened had Alex Smith not got traded to the Redskins, right? Yeah, and when you started that sentence, I was going to think that, oh, he's going to talk about 
all this starting on Friday with the Cleveland Browns making all the moves that they made. And then obviously with Sherman going to the the Niners. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Alex Smith was really the first quarterback domino to go. Um, and from there... You think, you know, Cousins leaves because they get Smith. Uh, so he goes to Minnesota. So Minnesota then doesn't need Bradford, Bridgewater, or Keenum. Keenum goes to the Broncos, reportedly. Uh, reportedly, Bridgewater going to the Jets. Uh, Carson Palmer not coming back, retiring. So then Bradford now on a one-year, $20 million deal goes to the Cardinals. You now have Tyrod Taylor on the Bills and potentially now the, Browns, the Bills. The Browns, or sorry, on the, the Browns. And now potentially the Bills looking to, you know, I could see the Bills maybe trading up with your Indianapolis Colts to get that number three pick because now they need a quarterback. Right? Like yeah. this this domino effect hasn't ended yet. I agree. And I think the other thing, you know, similar to that, my second biggest, if you will, behind Kirk Cousins' biggest free agent news from today was Jordy Nelson. Yeah. Because I'm a big Jordy Nelson fan. I've always been a big fan of his. And especially with that turmoil going on, you know, maybe not, maybe turmoil isn't the right word for it, but I know Aaron Rodgers doesn't seem to be happy with this contract that he's playing under, given all the big money that's being thrown around to these quarterbacks. And him and Jordy Nelson have been very successful together and have become very good friends. He, he posted a big, long Instagram message today wishing him well. Um, Jordy Nelson, no surprise, targeting the Patriots, who just lost Danny Amendola to the Dolphins. So he'll slide in and catch 75 passes from Tommy Boy and make it to the AFC Championship next year. Um, but yeah, I think Jordy Nelson intrigued me a little more only because he was arguably a top 10 receiver in the league. I think that that was fair. That's fair to say. Over the last ten years, he's in yeah. that you know ten fifteen range uh, from productivity, and obviously he went down with a season-ending injury early this year. And you know, I I understand that he's been there for ten years, and they're paying him a lot of money, and they want to get out of that contract, and that's fine and dandy. But it kind of just goes to show you the two parallels of where the NFL is at right now, where. You have Jordy Nelson, who's your career guy, who's been your guy for the last 10 years, won you a Super Bowl, um, but he gets hurt, and you throw him off to the side, and you cut him. Or you see what Seattle did with Bennett and with Sherman. But on the other edge of the coin, you're also seeing the first ever guaranteed contract. Right. You're seeing Jimmy Graham come in and seemingly be, well, we're not going to pay Jordy Nelson. We'll pay Jimmy Graham a little bit less. Yep. So it's just... Yep. A very weird day in the NFL, uh, to me, a lot of moving pieces, a lot of domino effect, and we haven't even got to the defensive side of the ball with what's gone on with the defensive backs today, because a bunch of them have moved around today as well, including Malcolm Butler going to Tennessee yep. for a smaller contract than Stephon Gilmore got last year, Yep. and I absolutely hate that move because we're so, screwed so, now. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, I sort of, I sort of don't, you know, I'm not a, obviously not a Colts fan, so I don't sort of don't mind the move for Butler. Um, I like the move. It's a good move by the Titans. But yeah, as a it's Colts a good fan. I hate it. It's a good move by the Titans, but I, if I'm Malcolm Butler, I, I know he's getting five years, but like, I feel like he could have done better. You know, I, I feel like 
Malcolm Butler almost hit the panic button and Sorry, sort he of got went, less than he got less than Gilmore. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I feel like he deserves more than he's getting. And I feel like he hit the panic button. You know what I mean? And signed a signed a contract that was five years and, you know, get his guaranteed money. Um, I think because, five. I think fives kind of seem to be the going rate, though. Gilmore got five sixty-five well, last year. Well, so Tremaine Johnson, uh, another cornerback, was ranked so as the number the, one. The Jets ranked, guy. Yeah, it was ranked as the number one corner. Uh, just signed with the Jets. They haven't released the the deal, but just looking at the guys, you know, looking at the corners available, um, I think that uh, Malcolm Butler had a pretty good case to make a a bit more money than what he than what he got because when you look at the next best available corner, Rashawn Melvin from your Colts is up there. Not and, great. Yeah. And then, you know, even going further, Trey Boston from the Chargers might be your next best one. EJ Gaines well, is another sa- free agent. Is isn't Trey Boston a safety? They have him listed as a corner, but he plays corner and safety. He's not a he's not a shutdown corner. He's a nickel guy. Saying. Yeah. Um, EJ Gaines from the Bills is an unrestricted free agent. Uh, Patrick Robinson from the Eagles. You know, there's not a lot of good corners that are available right now. And I feel like uh, Malcolm Butler, maybe even sort of to what, you know, he was trying to avoid maybe what happened to, well, cross sports a little bit. What happened to the guys in, in the majors, in the major league, in major league baseball, right? The market sort of dries up and guys realize they're not going to pay a corner that much money. And, you know, he just sort of misses his shot. Um, so I feel like Malcolm Butler almost hit the panic button and and probably settled for less than what he's worth. I mean, I'm going to disagree with you only because I think Gilmore had a better season than Butler did. And all the stuff that went on at the end of the year in the Super Bowl didn't help his case. Um, usually teams tend to second-guess themselves when dealing with players who are coming from or going to the Patriots only because how ahead of the game Bill Belichick seems to be with his player personnel yeah, moves. Um, I think 561 is a fair number. Again, Gilmore got the highest defensive back number uh, last year. He got 565. Uh, Prince Akuamara just signed with the Bears. Three years, 27 million. Sherman... Uh, 39 million. So I think that, you know, 61 was the number for, for Butler. I think if he had a season like he had two years ago, I think then that's where yeah. maybe you get into the 70 range, six years range. But I think 561 is plenty of money for a defensive back. Also, we have a question in the chat from a sport media friend of ours, Patrick Gallagher. Friend of the program. And- I know you guys are talking about football, but thoughts on John Cena versus Undertaker? I have no idea what he's I talking wanna, about. I want to take. I'm going to take this. So yeah, you um, can take this so one, Patrick. I'm a John Cena guy. So, so uh, rumors are coming Cena. out that it's likely going to be at WrestleMania next month. Uh, John Cena versus the Undertaker, and what will likely be Undertaker's last match um, against. Did he already Hunter. retire? He did retire, but he comes back pretty much every year for WrestleMania. Um, he lost though to Lesnar. He, didn't he, he lost to Lesnar, and then he came back and he wrestled another one after that. Um, Why? So, like, what's the point? Like, well, it's a big, it's a big draw, and he, you know, he likes it, and you know, he does, it's not a ton of stress. Um, so, first off, uh, if you haven't, 
you know, if you get a chance, go over to Rumbling Rumbling. Wow, excuse me, RumblingRumors.com. Patrick actually wrote an article about this, uh, about this match and why he hates it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna not totally disagree. This is a match that everyone's been waiting for for like the past ten years, and it's never happened. And um, I think that John Cena is great now. Um, but if I'm the if I'm if I'm a wrestling fan and John Cena doesn't turn heel, which for non wrestling fans means basically becomes a bad guy, if he doesn't turn heel after this match, I'm absolutely turned off by it. If he turns heel and becomes like an absolute a hole and you know hits the Undertaker with a chair or something like that and cheats to win, then I'm all for this match. But if this is a clean match and we expect that it's just going to be Cena and Undertaker in like a one on one, then you know what? I got no time for it. So, but I know you're a big John Cena guy, so I don't, I don't know if you want to see your boy. Was, was, past tense, was, past okay. Tense. I don't want, I, so I know it's probably not going to happen and we're not going to see John Cena, you know, coming in as, uh, as, as a heel out of this, but, um, I don't know. I, I want to see, I just want to see the John Cena heel turn is really what it comes down to. And really Patrick, quick. Patrick Sorry. also mentioning, uh, that Undertaker lost to Roman Reigns last year at WrestleMania. Huge mistake. Huge mistake there. Too. While this thing is totally off the rails and we're off our, our topic, um, I'm currently watching the uh, TFC and uh, El, Tigres El Tigres match right now in the CONCACAF uh, Champions League. Um, so a little rundown I told you earlier, but uh, TFC is up 2-1 on aggregate, but El Tigres have not lost a home game in 14 straight matches. They're Home pitch is called uh, the volcano because of That's how hype. loud it gets. It's like an eruption. That's hype. And an MLS team traveling to Mexico in the CONCACAF Champions League has happened, I believe, eight or nine times. I can't remember the exact number. I, I want to say it's eight. And the lowest margin of defeat is three goals. So basically, the MLS goes to Mexico and just gets... Hammered. Uh, TFC right now tied still nil nil. Um, twenty three uh, minute, twenty third minute. Excuse me. Um, so while we're off the rails, to segue back into American football from football, football and football. El Tigres. Oh, big stop. Big oh, stop. Anarchy in front of the net and TFC cleared it out. Okay, that was, I thought they were gonna score as I was just talking about it. Um, so yeah, getting back to the NFL. Uh, another move that I loved seeing today was Drew Brees re-signing with the yeah. Saints. That was the right fit for him. He wasn't going anywhere. Uh, he wasn't going anywhere. So, um, it's funny. I was listening to Shine on Sports this morning on XM, and he was talking with Drew Brees uh, during the Super Bowl at Radio Row, and he said to Drew Brees, he's like, uh, you said it on Ellen that you're coming back to the Saints. So, that means it has to be true, because nobody lies to Ellen. Which... Hmm. Fair enough. So, uh, yeah, no, Pete, sorry to cut you off, but um, I don't think he was ever going anywhere. It was just about getting the right money and the right contract, right? Yeah, I think he still has he still has a couple years left in him. And that team is so good around him that I think you're going to kind of see a little uh, Peyton Manning uh, action where he doesn't necessarily have to be the Drew Brees of his own, of, of, his, of old, rather. That he can kind of manage. They have the running game. They have the defense. 
Excuse me. Yeah, right um, there? Yeah. Little <laughs> crack up my tongue. Um, but yeah, he's not relied upon. He doesn't have to throw for 4,000 yards and be the guy he was in his throughout his Hall of Fame career. Him and Sean Payton, uh, match made in heaven. They've been so successful while he's there. I'm happy to see him end his career as a uh, Saint. Yeah, and I like the move for the Saints too. It's a two. It's basically a one-year deal with a team option. Uh, so if they don't like him this year, they can restructure the deal and get him, you know, maybe for less money and opt out or whatever. Uh, so it's a good deal for both sides. The one, the two deals that I sort of want to talk about, Pete, and these are the deals that I think are are getting very overlooked. Uh, just because of what's happening with the quarterbacks. And it's sort of three deals, but it's just two specific teams that I think got way better and need to sort of be looked at for next year. And that is the Kansas City Chiefs and the Chicago Bears. Thank you. I was hoping you said the Bears. So I want to talk quickly about the Chiefs signing Sammy Watkins to a three-year deal. Uh, It's not a huge number when you think about... You know, it's not a huge sort of impact move when you think about Sammy Watkins. Uh, the Rams apparently were very heavy in trying to get him back. But for Watkins, is a great move. You get to go to work with Patrick Mahomes, who's got an absolute cannon of an arm. Um, you're going to, you know, Tyree Kills there. You look at Kareem Hunt. They have a young team. You know, Travis Kelsey, uh, probably the best tight end in the game right now. You have a young team that is really, really good. And honestly, in not that good of a division now. The Rams are in a very good division now. Kansas City is going into, you know, the FC West is not that strong. uh, Not as strong even as it was two years ago. And I think this move works great for Sammy Watkins. Pete, anything you want to say about Sammy Watkins to the Chiefs? Or do you want to just get straight to the Bears? I'm not a big Sammy Watkins guy. He's obviously super underachieved since the Bills traded up and didn't draft Odell Beckham, but instead drafted Sammy Watkins. That one turned out well for the Bills. Uh, shout out to Steve Sahoyas. Yeah. Um, but I think for a Kansas City team who has a great running attack with Kareem the Dream Hunt, they have Tyreek Hill as kind of that fly uh, down the sideline speedster. They have Kelsey in the middle. I think it gives them another piece, a veteran guy now, Sammy Watkins. Uh Obviously came into his own, had a really good year. The big thing with Sammy Watkins is just him staying healthy. If he can stay healthy, yeah. I think he helps that team a lot. And again, three years, $45 million for a wide, or $48 million, whatever he got, in the grand scheme of wide receivers, uh, is a pretty reasonable number. Um, so yeah, I'm, uh, I'm all in so, that. But I really like what the Bears did today. You can, uh, you so can recap and then I I'll quickly, give my thoughts. I quickly just want to touch on uh, what Grant has said in the chat. Grant Weaver, check him out on the student section, Tuesdays 8 to 9. Uh, he had a few, few questions saying, Breeze had a big offer from, quote, somewhere else. Uh, where do you think that was from? I want to say Arizona uh, or the Jets because they – the Jets had the cap room to offer him that, and, you know, why wouldn't you take a shot? Uh, I think Arizona, it was Denver. I don't think it was Denver. You know, John, I, like, John It's Elway, an Elway move, what they did with it, Peyton. It is an Elway move, but, like, I think, th- I think the, the Broncos were set on going for Kirk Cousins. Grant, what do you think? Write in the chat. Yeah, Grant, uh, who do you think it was? Write it in the chat. And Grant also asked, how do you think that Watkins and Mahomes will fare together? I think it's a match made in heaven. And I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be an all-star, you know, pro bowler. Maybe not next year. Uh, I think this team is Super Bowl bound in 2020. 
write it down, take a picture. If they can take care of the defense. If they can take care of the defense, they will be a super Trading Bowl Marcus team. Peters, I don't know about that. We'll see what happens there. You Guys know what? Really They're gonna they you know what? They got a ton of good young players. Uh I think Mahomes and Watkins is a match made in heaven. So for the Bears, they signed two moves I absolutely love. They got Trey Burton, who is famous for throwing the pass to Nick Foles in the Super Bowl, who was the third best tight end on the Philadelphia Eagles, who now just actually cut um, Travis uh, Brett Selleck. Brett, Brett Selleck, who, you know, I I'm not surprised he was old, uh, older, and they have um, they need to get rid of some cap room, uh, especially already having a number one tight end. Not a lot of teams use two tight ends anymore. So Trey Burton, their number three tight end, has now gone to the Bears. The Bears also getting uh, CBS has him as the second best receiver. Uh, probably because he tore his ACL last year, but Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson the third from the Jaguars, I think he was the best receiver available. I think he's better than Sammy Watkins. Um, now Mitch, and uh, you know, I heard some interviews with him. He just was so excited about the concept of working with Mitch Trubisky. He loves the Bears offense. He loves the whole idea of being in Chicago. Uh, really smart guy, and I think this is a great move for the Bears because you now have a legitimate threat that you, for some reason, lost in Alshon Jeffrey. Um, and Mitch Trubisky, I think, is going to flourish with a guy like Allen Robinson, who realistically can do it all. He can throw deep. He can uh, he can run deep. He runs great routes. Uh, he can catch a screen and go. So um, I'm all for this move from Allen Robinson. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, all, I, I, I'm all in. Uh, I like the Bears, and I like the, bear, the, I like the direction the Bears are heading. I agree. I think Ryan Pace, the GM, has done a fantastic job there. Um, they're building around Mitch Trubisky, which a lot of people scratched their heads when they traded up to get him. A lot of Bears fans weren't happy initially, but have since changed their tune on that very quickly after they're seeing how this team is being run and the moves that they're making. I was a fan of Trubisky. We talked about it at length last year around the draft. I think that this is a good move. Uh, a good day, rather, of moves for the Chicago Bears. I think that they're in a conference, or excuse me, a division that the Vikings are still the best team. Green Bay still has Aaron Rodgers. The Lions don't have a defense and just have Matt Stafford. And, you know, I think that they're in a position where they could maybe not next year be make a run at that division, but a year later improve that defense a little bit more. I like this team. Yeah, and I think the other thing is um, the Bears are still a few years away, but their division is still a few years away. You know, like at this point In terms, now, they're, they're picking their time right. Like they exactly. know that they're not going to win right away. Yeah, they're not going to win with Minnesota there and with Aaron Rodgers still in Green Bay doing what he does. Um, so, I'm, you know, I love, I love the direction the Bears are heading um, because – you're right. A lot of people were skeptical of the Bears making that trade. But look, it comes down to this. If you want your guy, you go get your guy. It's pretty simple. And, you know, no matter how you do that, you do it. You look at what the uh, the uh, Vikings did. They wanted Kirk Cousins. They went and got Kirk Cousins. You know, look at what the Redskins did a few years ago. They wanted RG3. They went and got RG3. It didn't work out for them in that way. So, in that sense. So, uh, I'm... You know, you want your guy, you go get your guy. I like what the Bears are doing here. They're building around the, the guy that they think is the guy. So, um, 
Bears might be Bears might be a pretty uh, a pretty big sleeper pick if you want to do a long term bet for uh, for <laughs> NFC championship or NFC champions in uh, I'll give them three years. They still need to fix some pieces, but in in about three or four years. Yeah, and Grant just coming in again with another question about um, Kevin White, um, highly rated wide receiver. The Bears have, I think, honestly. Them bringing in Allen Robinson helps out Kevin White a lot because he's kind of underachieved there. He came in with high expectations. But now that you have another guy who's going to be the primary target there, I think that might open up the field for Kevin White a little bit to potentially have a big breakout year uh, with Mitch Trubisky and Jordan Howard coming out of that backfield, of course, too. And Tariq Cohen emerging as a dual threat back uh, that we're seeing more and more prominent in the NFL, having two backs that can do it all. All right, so Pete, uh, we're not really doing a pretenders and contenders today uh, just because so much going on, uh, especially with sports, that there's a lot we could do, but we're going to do something a little different. Uh, we're going to do sort of one contender, um, you know, t- to say out of NFL free agency, and I'll let you take it whatever way you want, but who would be your biggest winner, your biggest contender coming out of NFL free agency uh, after today to sort of wrap it all up? You go first. My mic stand just broke. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to take sort of a weird pick. And I'll preface it by saying contender in the sense that eight wins for them next year should be a goal. Uh, my contender is the Cleveland Browns. I think the Cleveland Browns are the biggest Damn winner. It. I think the Cleveland Browns are the biggest winner from the weekend. You should have went first. I wouldn't have taken it if you went first. Um, the Cleveland Browns are the biggest winner from the weekend. They still have a ton of cap room. They didn't splurge on. Obviously, they tried to get Kirk Cousins. Uh, didn't get him. He was never going there. But the Tyrod Taylor move is a great move. Uh, the Jarvis Landry move is the steal of the century. And they still have Tyrod Taylor on a contract where if you go and you draft a quarterback now, you can have that you know in the bag for for later uh you you know Tyrod Taylor he's going to be a great mentor to whatever young quarterback whatever direction you want to go um they got rid of their uh was it uh wasn't Danny Shelton they they traded away the defensive tackle um one of their defensive tackles they have a whole a whole plethora of them so they got rid of him for for a pick um but i think Cleveland uh you know, I don't want to say that they're contenders because they're not, but Cleveland is finally moving in the right direction, which I think has to be a win. And they, ha- you have to consider them contenders because seeing Cleveland move in the right direction now, obviously it's all, you know, we're still a long way away from the season and they could always screw it up at the draft. But John Dorsey has sort of come in and said, we're doing things differently. And he's not afraid to mix it up, not afraid to make some trades. And that's exactly what we're seeing. Guy like Tyrod Taylor, you traded, a, you got a fourth round pick for Tyrod Taylor, great move. Third round pick for Jarvis Landry, incredible move. Um, you still have a ton of cap room where you can go get a big name free agent, or you can start to pay some of these guys down the road that are going to demand these big contracts. And I think this opens the door to, you know, like what I said last week, to take Saquon Barkley at one and draft another quarterback at four. Uh, I think the Cleveland Browns finally moving in the right direction. That's why they are my they are my biggest winner from the weekend. I agree with you. They would have been mine as well. Uh, as our uh, one of our professors, Ryan Sykes, and I discussed on Monday, um, it was almost like uh, the Browns watched the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner and then decided, yes. <laughs> you know what, let's mix it up. I like um, it. 
for my team, since you took mine, <laughs> I'm going to go the same route. I won't take the low-hanging fruit and take the Vikings. But I'm going to say the New York Jets. I like it. Because I think everybody is overlooking how good yep. Teddy Bridgewater was before he tore his ACL. And yep. if he can come back and be somewhat effective, I think that that helps that team. They've done a great job of clearing out uh, a lot of the trouble spots they've had. Obviously, Mo Wilkerson they cut ties with. And then did you see that crazy thing his mom called into a local New York radio that was, station? That was hilarious. That was the greatest thing I've ever seen. So Mo Wilkerson is a um, all pro or all uh, excuse me Pro Bowl uh, defensive end for the Jets that got cut recently uh, by them and basically the got rumors cut he didn't do any work. Yeah, and the rumors surrounding the team were that he was you know an alcoholic and that he never showed up to practice on time and he was just a, a mess to have around the the locker room and the team and whatever. So his mom actually called into a local radio station as they were bashing him and tried to defend her son, and it was quite comical. Um, maybe we'll get the the audio for it next week if we can find it and queue it up. I know there's going to be a lot going on with the basketball, but it was a good clip. Uh, I just thought of it now. But I think the Jets, man, I think they're in a division that aside from the New England Patriots, now with the Bills trading Taylor away and not having a quarterback right now, Miami's getting Tannehill back from injury coming off that ACL and they lost Jarvis Landry and they cut Sue. I think that they could sneak in and have again, like, you know, if they can get to that eight and eight, I could see them being one of those teams this year. I think that Todd Bowles has done a nice job with that defense. And, uh, you know, obviously it doesn't help that your best wide receiver. We talked about it a couple months ago when it happened, uh, when Robbie Anderson got arrested, uh, for going, uh, 120 and a 60. That's a power move. Uh, and then he told the uh, the cop that he was going to uh, explicit his wife. Okay, what but, uh, better better is that better or is that or is the cake boss saying who do you who do you or do you know who I am? I'm the MF cake boss. When a cop pulled him over for a DUI, which is better? The cake boss. <laughs> and just so we're clear, because someone's giving me Riley Baines giving me trouble about the Jets in the. Uh, in the comments here, I don't think that they're going to be a great team. I just think that they're going to be a very improved team next year. Okay, I was I was just going to say before Riley put it in the chat, he is probably the biggest Pats fan you could find. So, you know, he's uh, he did just say he's a biased Pats fan. But Pete, now that you're talking about it, I'm going to uh, I'm going to cue it up here. This is on uh, on WFAN. This is Muhammad Wilkerson's mom uh, defending her son. I actually have the clip here, so we're going to play that so you can listen to it. It's hilarious. Okaida, good morning. Uh, thanks for calling us. How are you? I'm fine, and I am Muhammad's mom. Um, my name is legally changed. It was Janice Wilkerson. Okay. And um, I am livid. Manish has never, ever liked Muhammad. He may have met him in Temple, but he's always written horrible things about my son. Muhammad w does not pay Manish any attention, so therefore he always has something against him. Where's his proof? Where's your proof, Manish, that Muhammad is an alcoholic? Like, really? You always say all these things. I, I can't tell you, Boomer, how I'm just livid. 
I'm just living with him. Like, why do you keep saying these things about my son? He, the Jets released him. He's moved on. So let's just let it go. Let's just let it go. Yeah, I know, go. I, I know. I know it's really tough, and I know it's tough for uh, you know the people that are closest to the player who is being accused of being, you know, or having trouble with alcohol. You don't. Do you think Muhammad has trouble with alcohol, Kaida? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So Absolutely this is definitely. So he in your eyes, so in your. He goes out just like everybody else. Yes, he's been late. He, he's you know. Where's his, where's, where, where's his, he's never had a DWI, he's nothing, he's never admitted to being an alcoholic. Do I think he has a problem with alcohol? No, I don't. All right, so when you see that tweet, do you believe then that this is some sort of defamation uh, against your son, and is that something that you would, would pursue if it's an outright lie in your mind and he's putting that out there, especially when Muhammad's trying to get a new job? I definitely do, I definitely do. If he, he's out against him. Um, I think we should contact our attorney, and because this is you, you, this is ridiculous with Manish. You, you just you just continue to say stuff about him. You didn't like Gino. You didn't like Darrell. You didn't like San Antonio Holmes. You always played Muhammad against Sheldon. Always, always. You, you he just always has something negative to say about Muhammad. You called him a fat slob. You say he's out of shape. You you, you said all these things. All these things you said about Muhammad. What's your problem, Manish? What's your problem? What's your problem with Muhammad? I know that the Jets organization, some of them don't even want you to come in the building. Mm. You, you're such a problem. Like, what is your issue with Muhammad? So, yeah, uh, that. Um, I'll give I'll give her credit for sticking up for her son, but um, time and place. I mean, I I mean, Muhammad's a he's a grown man. If he's getting accused of being an alcoholic, I think he can stand up for himself and say it himself. I don't think he needs his mom calling in to WFAN and rip on uh, Manish Meta was his name. So, um, yeah, Pete, what do you think of that? I I mean, I'm all for I'm all for her sticking up for her son, but come on. Yeah, I agree. It's a little much. I mean, the guy just got cut after being a pro bowler a couple of years ago. Probably not the best look for other teams trying to look at him and having his mom come out and freak out on the radio isn't a good I, look for anybody. I mean, not, she's not LeVar Ball, but it's bad. It's a bad I look. I agree. All okay. Right. Last, that of, was our last football point. Let's move on. Speaking of ball. Let's get into a little uh, basketball, Ooh. a little uh, nice March segue. Madness action going on right now. Um, again, Grant Weaver, Ryan Sura, and myself over at the student section had a wonderful show today, which we went through the entire bracket and broke everything down. We will be posting the, or I will be posting on my Facebook the link to the podcast tomorrow, so you can hear an in-depth uh, discussion of the abbreviated one Alec and I will have right now. First things first, I want to address a couple of things in the chat here. Uh, number one, a uh, good friend of ours, Luke Bellis, Belly, chiming in, saying that Marshall at plus 11.5 parlayed with UMBC at plus 21.5 is a gift of a parlay. Uh, for those betting fans out there, know that if you get a betting tip, you got to bet it because if it loses, you feel like a stooge. So, Belly, I normally stay away from betting on the one seeds in the tournament, but I think 
given the news that Mr. Grant Weaver just texted me about Virginia, I might be more inclined. So Virginia has a fellow who won ACC Six Man of the Year named DeAndre Hunter. Very good player, swing guard, does a lot of good things on the basketball court, plays really good defense like the rest of that Virginia team. He broke his wrist and now will be out of the tournament. So the number one overall seed, Virginia Cavaliers, the number one almost wire-to-wire number one team in the country, um, now missing their sixth man of the year in the ACC, which is an absolute huge blow for them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, people forget how important a bench is. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not as into the NCAA basketball as you are. As you know, this is probably the first time I will uh, really get into basketball is this month. Um, but we look at what the Raptors have done with their bench, especially in a tournament like this. Like, you need everyone. They're, you're playing, you know, back-to-back sort of every other day sort of thing. Like, you need everyone to sort of get together and make this work. So, um, yeah, a uh, huge blow for a team that, you know, uh, they, they aren't the overall number one. Villanova got the overall number one, right? Sorry, you're right. You're right. Villanova did get the uh, – no, I'm, I think it might have been Virginia. Virginia. Okay, either way, either way. Regardless, they're a one Either seat. way. They, and and they're either the, the the overall one or they're the number two one because let's face it, Kansas and Xavier aren't better than those two teams. Kansas might be Xavier is not. But but you know based off of this season they're not. So, um, I'm not. You know I don't want to get too much into it because I still think that Virginia has. I don't want to say an easier road to get to the Final Four. You can say um, it. They have. They have like looking, from... just looking at the bracket, just looking at the bracket. You know, I think that probably the Midwest is going to be the hardest bracket to get out of. I mean, Duke, Rhode Island is a sneaky team at seven. Uh, Kansas at one. Auburn is a good team at four. Michigan State at three. Um, you know, whoever wins that three, you know. That three-two side, sort of that Michigan, Duke, even maybe Rhode Island, you could throw into there. TCU, whoever comes out of that playing against Kansas or Auburn, like this is going to be a tough bracket in the Midwest because I think if you had a, if you came up to me and said, "Hey, pick Michigan State. Michigan State's going to be the team. They're going to be the, you know, the ones or the the team that's going to win it all. Like take Michigan State. I wouldn't even bat an eye. I would totally believe you." Yeah, I think the Midwest is intriguing. I think that'll be the one with the least upsets in it. Yeah. Um, I think the one the the conference or the excuse me the region that you'll see the most upsets in is the East, just because there's a lot of sneaky good teams, and a lot of teams in that conference, uh, or a lot of teams in that region are a little highly seeded for my liking. I don't think Wichita State, Florida, or Texas Tech, who are the three, four, and or the four, six, and three seeds. Um, I don't necessarily know how deserving they are. And then you have Nova, who's potentially the best team in the country and one of the teams that is certainly building a quote-unquote dynasty, if you will, in college basketball right now. Uh, Jay Wright and that team have been absolutely fantastic for the last few years. they obviously winning a national championship in that time span. Um, the, the, the region that I 
and we talked about this at length on the show that we weren't really big on was the West region. I've been very vocal about my dislike for Xavier and their ability to beat good teams this year. Um, they haven't been able to beat Villanova all year. They didn't even make it to the conference finals uh, in their Big East tournament. So I don't know how they ended up with a one seed. I think they've kind of been overrated all year. I actually have them getting bounced in the round of 32 by Mizzou. Wow. Um, but really, for me, I would have liked to see uh, UNC or Michigan. Maybe not Michigan because they hadn't done it all year, but I would have liked to see UNC be the one seed and Xavier be the two seed because then we would be able to get that Elite Eight matchup of Michigan and UNC. Uh, unfortunately, we won't be able to see that. But some games, I guess, that you can keep an eye on, if you will, in the round of 64 that I'm really looking forward to are, I think, Texas and Nevada in the uh, South Horns, region. Baby. I think that 7-10 matchup is going to be really tight. I think the Virginia Tech-Alabama, the 8-9, is going to be a very good game. Colin Sexton, uh, for those of you who don't know, on Alabama is an absolute beast, and he pretty much single-handedly got them into the tournament with his performance in the SEC tournament and the run that they went on. Um, if you go down to Providence, Texas A&M, another 10-7, and Houston and San Diego State, both in the West region, I think both those games are going to be really tight games. And the biggest upset that I have is New Mexico State beating Clemson, a 12 beating a 5 in the Midwest region. Uh, New Mexico State, very high-powered offense. They've dominated their conference over the last few years. Um, they've had a couple tournament bids. I think that they could definitely win a game. And I think Clemson has kind of been a up-and-down team this year and didn't perform very well in the ACC championship. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited, as you know, we've talked about on this show before and our previous renditions of it. Uh, I'm a big March Madness guy. I'm a big college basketball guy. Um, and I love this time of year. We're entering probably the most exciting four to six weeks in the sports calendar. You kind of have this window from March Madness until the Masters. And then you have the other window in October where you have football starting, the baseball playoffs, NHL and NBA starting. Um, those are really the two big four to six week spans that sports are really, really fun. And after a really slow February uh, across the board, I think that uh, I'm really looking forward to the next few weeks. I think there's going to be a lot to talk about. All right. So Pete, I sort of want to throw something at you, uh, sort of a no prep thing here, but um, you and I don't have any affiliation with any of these teams other than the fact that we might cheer for a team like myself. Uh, I cheer for the Texas Longhorns. Um, I just want you to give me your best, you know, fake rage for one team that is not in the tournament that you feel like should be in the tournament. It could be real rage. It could be fake rage. Give me, and then I'll give you a fake rage because I don't care about any of the teams that got cut out. Uh, you know, uh, OK, uh, OK State comes to mind uh, as one of the teams that got left out. Um, but give me your best fake rage for a team that uh, that should be in the tournament that isn't. I have four genuine beefs with the bracket. I'm not talking genuine beefs. I want fake. Fake no, I'm beefs? I'm ki no, I'm kidding. Go. Uh, your best beef for a team that should be in the bracket. Okay, well, Alabama, if they didn't have Colin Sexton, they wouldn't be in. 
Oklahoma, if they didn't have Trey Young, they wouldn't be in. I think Alabama has a really good chance of beating Virginia Tech in the first round just because Virginia Tech doesn't really have a superstar to match Sexton. But I think that Oklahoma is going to get bounced in the first round. I don't think that leaving Michigan or uh, excuse me, leaving Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, and USC out of the tournament while having those two teams and uh, UCLA and Arizona State in the tournament. I think that you know they're Notre Dame and and Oklahoma State especially because. Both of them had really, really good wins on their schedule. They had a couple of bad losses, but I really liked what Oklahoma State did this year. I was a little disappointed. And the other team that everyone seems to be outraged about is USC, who was second in the Pac-12 and had a really good season. I don't know how they're not in the tournament. Um, If I had to pick one to argue, I would say USC. They have the best season of any team that didn't get in, and it's an absolute joke that they're not even in a play-in game, let alone in the actual tournament as... Now we're looking at it, uh, UFC, uh, UCLA and St. Bonaventure is 58-56 right now for St. Bonnie with uh, a minute left to play in the second wow. playoff game. In the second playing game today, Radford uh, beating uh, Lo- uh, Long Island, I believe, earlier today for the uh, right to get dominated in the first round as a 16 yeah. seed against Villanova. So if I had to pick one team that I have a gripe against not being in the tournament, it's uh, USC. All right. Uh, I, like I said, genuinely don't care. So I'm going to give you one team that uh, rattled off to end the season. A, uh, a, I believe a 10-game win streak. Let me count here. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 11-game win streak, Pete. 11-game win streak to end the year, which includes a national championship. You're telling me that the Calgary Dinos aren't in the tournament? I mean, come on. Give Canada a chance. Uh, I don't care about St. Bonaventure. I don't care about UCLA. I don't care about all these Texas Southern, NC Central, uh, LIU Brooklyn, Radford. No. Give me the Calgary Dinos. They beat the Ryerson Rams, who beat the seven-time defending national champion Carlton Ravens in Probably the greatest game of the year. Sorry, the Calgary Ryerson one was the greatest game of the year. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just absolutely uh, outraged that the Calgary Dinos don't even get a shot. Give Canada a chance. I want to see Calgary play in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I don't think. Uh, there we go. I don't there's think my, that would go there's my, well. there's my fake outrage. I don't think that that would go very well. No, it wouldn't go very well at all. But there's my fake outrage. Do we want to uh, review our picks? Uh, today or do we want to save that for Thursday? Let's uh, let's review the picks and because uh, I know we're gonna have a ton to talk about on Thursday, uh, especially with March Madness kicking up and the free agent signings becoming official. So let's review the picks right now. All right. So we were tied going into this week after you collapsed. Yeah, and I had a. A big week. Potentially, to potentially one of the biggest collapses of all time. And just to preface, when we first did this in first semester, I absolutely dominated, and then you insisted that we restart and restructure. Yeah. So, yep. I would just like to point that out as well. Yep. Also, TFC tied at the half right now with El Tigres. El Tigres. All right. So let me just get this straight. They were they won two one. 
right, in the first game. So they are up, I guess, one nothing on away goals. So yes. a one a one a one to nothing. No, no, no. They're up they're up two one on aggregate. No, I know. They're on two on an aggregate, but if, if they lose this game one nothing, they will lose because Tigres will have more away goals. Correct? I believe so. Okay. All right, so let's get into the recap. Let Pete, let's start with the picks that we picked. I don't think we picked any of the same this week. Uh, but let's start with because you had a lot of basketball picks. Let's start with uh, your pick with the Big Twelve. You had West Virginia winning the Big Twelve. Pete, did that happen? It did not happen. Um, they lost in the finals. Um, to Kansas, they they blew a lead. They were up at the half, and then just the wheels fell off late in the game for Huggy Bear and the West Virginia Mountaineers. So I will take a X on that one. I did not have a good week looking at this. Now you did not have a good week. I didn't have a great week either. Uh, I'll start with one that I also missed on, and that was my only college basketball pick. And I thought this one was a lock. I thought this was an absolute lock. I had Harvard winning the Ivy League tournament, and uh, they did not, and I'm actually kind of devastated because I wanted to see Harvard in the tournament, but uh, they lost to Penn in the yeah. Final. They blew they blew a late lead as well in that game. Yeah, I thought I had that one on lock, uh, but I lost that one. So, oh for one for both of us to start off. Pete, next pick. My second pick. Wow, I had a terrible week. You had um, a terrible week. My second pick was Virginia will not win the ACC tournament. They, of course, did go on to win the ACC tournament against the North Carolina Tar Heels. Um, but now with DeAndre Hunter going down, I don't know. I have them in the Final Four right now. That might change for me because the way they play is defense first. They capitalize on your mistakes, and having that rotation is huge for for what they do and how they play. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I might, I might even have to make a little little change to my bracket. We'll see. Big. Uh, all right, I'll go with another one. Uh, I had the Penguinos beating the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the Austin Matthews-less Toronto Maple Leafs, and they got absolutely dismantled from start to finish. Even though they outshot them, they weren't really that many good shots. So, Pete, uh, I said I'd let you, ha- you know, let me hear it because you were all over me on this pick saying it was a gimme. So let me hear it about how I lost this pick. Listen, (laughs) I told you that this was going to happen, that you were going to bet against the Leafs again with Pittsburgh the third time, the second time that you have done it, and you've lost both times. 0 for 4. 0 for 4 betting against the Leafs. Yeah. Um, All right. So my third pick, I guess I'll do my – picks rolling, Pete. I'll do my other uh, college basketball pick. I had this one. This one was probably the most devastating. Vermont winning the American East Conference. My high school friend and back-to-back American East Conference Player of the Year, Trey Bellhaines for the Vermont Catamounts. Catamount. Cat, catamounts. Catamounts. There it is. Catamount, catamounts. Um, not catamaran. Catamaran is a boat. Um, they were up 10 points with like five minutes left, lost on a buzzer beater to UMBC. Heartbreaker for them. And then they got bounced today in the NIT. Uh, so, yeah, uh, another big X, 0 for 3 for me. Uh, I will add another one. And this one I honestly thought I had locked. 
watching it. This was uh, this was an incredible game. I had the Ryerson Rams winning the U Sports Championship in basketball, and they beat Carlton in the semifinals. And I was like, oh, we got it. It's locked. Uh, there's no way we're losing to Calgary. And then uh, Manny Derisa hits an incredible three. Uh, with about 11 seconds to go to tie the game. I'm jumping out of my seat. And then Calgary hits a layup with like two seconds to go to win the game. And that's the sheer devastation. Um, so Ryerson did not win the U Sports Championship. I also went over three there. Okay, moving along back to those pesky Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they lost to the Leafs on, on Saturday. So naturally, the second half of their back-to-back, they won against the Dallas Stars, who I picked as my fourth pick. Uh, they went down 3-1. to one. Uh, Again, not a great pick by me. <laughs> so, while Pete uh, went 0 for 4 now, I will pat myself on the back because I called this one and I picked this one, and I don't usually pick basketball, but I said that the Raptors were going to break the Rockets' streak at 17-0, and 0, and Drake was fired up, and they were wearing the, the Drake OVO jerseys, and they did. Uh, incredible game again from the Raptors. DeMar DeRozan really stepping up, looking like an MVP caliber player. The Raptors are legit, man. Uh, I wasn't ready to admit it, but I'm starting to, I'm starting to buy in. I might buy a Raptors jersey uh, if I can find one that's at a discounted price because I'm still broke. So <laughs> I'm all in. I'm all in for the Raptors. Let's go, Raptors. So I am now one in three. And I take the lead back from Peter. And my final pick, going across the pond, I had Liverpool over Man U, and I believe they drew. Did they draw? Uh, no, Man U won 2-1. to one. There you go. Um, just a disastrous week of picks for me. But St. Bonaventure will be moving on to be an 11 seed in the tournament. They have defeated this UCLA Bruins. Uh, the over did not hit, which sucks for me. But uh, the Bonnies are moving on. So my final pick was Brad Gushu was going to win the Tim Hortons Briar and go back-to-back, baby. And he did. The man from Newfoundland won his back-to-back Briars, uh, really just becoming the superstar of curling, uh, defeated Brendan Botcher, who, I'm going to be honest, Pete, in five years, if you tell me that Brendan Botcher has won four straight Briars, I wouldn't be surprised at all. He is Absolutely incredible. Uh, the lead on his team. Um, give me one second to look it up because I don't want to get his. I don't want to get his first name wrong. Uh, but the lead on the team has a uh, on the team of Brendan Botcher has a very recognizable name. One that you might know. His name is Carrick Martin. You recognize the the name there, Pete? Any relation to Kevin Martin? His son. It is. It is his son. So Carrick Martin uh, is the son of Kevin Martin, curling legend, uh, plays as the lead on Brendan Botcher's team, was actually sort of offered to have his own team and could take over as the skip and sort of compete against Brendan Botcher. But he's like, you know what? I'm a pretty damn good lead, and this team's pretty damn good. Uh, why don't I just try and win a ton of championships as the lead on this team because he knows how important every role is rather than you know be the skip and try and be the hero. He said, you know what? I'm going to help this team win because we got something special here. So good on Carrick Martin for uh, for recognizing how important every role is on a team. So watch out for Team Brendan Botcher in Alberta in uh, in a few years. So Pete, at the end of it, 
Back-to-back champs for Brad Gushu. I'm fired up. Big Brad Gushu fan. I ended the week two and three. Pete, what'd you end the week on? 0 for 5. 0 for 5. The first 0 for the year. First 0 for, I think, the season. I don't think either of us have went 0 for this year. So Pete falls to 11 and 19. I, I guess, fall to 13 and 17 on the year. But I am officially in the lead. Pete, rough week for you, pal. How do you feel? It's okay, because I know on uh, Thursday I'm going to make sure that we have to pick all basketball games, so I'm hoping that I can... Uh, I'm not for that. but I think uh, that we should have to pick them against the spread, though. Uh, yeah, you can... Or you can... Because yeah, then uh, you cause then we're just yeah. going to take the ones and two seeds and... Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, well, we'll get, well, we can discuss that more uh, as we come up to the date, but... Uh, yeah, I guess that's. Uh, I guess I'm okay with it being all basketball. It is March Madness after all. One last can thing. I, can I? Sorry, Pete. Can I pick from the NIT tournament? Sure. Yes. <laughs> One right. last thing uh, before we get out of here. Jake Arrieta siding with the Phillies. Really like that move. Nice. Uh, for them, uh, going in the right direction. A lot of young players on the position players. Uh, excuse me. A lot of young position players. Uh, starting to make a mark and make strides in that organization. Gabe Kapler coming in as the new manager. Really like the signing for Jake Arrieta. Really like the signing for the Philadelphia Phillies. And there's still some starting pitching depth out there. Lance Lynn, Alex Cobb still unsigned. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Milwaukee Brewers go and grab one of those guys. We saw, uh, excuse me, Lance Lynn signing with the Minnesota Twins. Uh, Excuse me. So Alex Cobb and who's the other guy? There's one other starting pitcher. Can't think of who it is right now. There's still a few guys left unsigned. And then uh, Moustakis going back to the Royals. Moose, did we talk about that? Yeah, we did talk about that. Uh, big move. So, Pete, with your 30-second baseball recap to uh, end off the show, baseball free agency. Obviously, oh. Pete should have been should have been done a long time ago, but it's not. And Marcus Stroman not starting opening day for the Jays. I love that move. Power move from the Jays, not starting Marcus Stroman. Well, he's, he's hurt. Okay, well then not so much a power move. Either way, uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you so much for your comments in the chat. We will catch you on Thursday. To be honest, I don't know what time because I got to work. And uh, it might be 9.30, it might be 10. But uh, we'll catch you then. Pete, as always, great show. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah, Giovinco's got a free kick on the box right now. Uh, Do we want to sit here just to see your reaction? Ooh, and he got kicked in the face with the ball. Insult to injury. Uh, yeah, they're, they're they're lining it up. We're in the 51st minute here, zero zero, at uh, right. the Volcano Stadium. We're gonna we're gonna keep the rush playing though, because I had that a- a- exit time perfectly. We got a we got a guitar solo coming up, so we'll see how that hits. Okay, Tigres lining up, ten yards away. They don't have the paint, the spray, which I'm a little disappointed about. That's very disappointing. Um, very fun part of soccer is watching that. That's the best part of soccer. Giovinco cranks it right at the goalie's chest. Okay. All right, um, great way to end the show. Another really, really quick thing before we go. I was Pete, watching. Like you're interrupting. A, 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 that's fine. A I was watching Champions right League now. today and I tweeted about it. My new favorite thing watching sports is seeing in soccer the slow motion shots of guys yelling at the referee. I love it. That That's sad that that's a thing. Anyways. Anyways, let's uh, get out of here. Anyways, uh, good show. As always, we'll, we'll catch you next